This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Jody Vance in for Simi this week and uh, super happy to have our next guest in studio. Good friend. Uh, he's the MPA Park Board Commissioner, John Cooper. Nice to see you. Good afternoon. We really got to know each other over Hot Dog Gate. <laughs> You know, but your your boots on the ground, uh, hands on, getting things done in the community, and always make yourself available when we call you. And I very much appreciate that. And you coming all the way in here on almost a snow day out there. Well, thanks a lot. It's always a pleasure to be here. So I got a, new, a, a number of topics that I want to cover off. We'll get to Oppenheimer in just a sec because that is an important piece. But you were running for mayor. You know, we were hoping uh, many of us that uh, you would be in the mix. Had you won the nomination as the NPA uh, representative, how maybe would you have done things differently? Can I ask you to crystal ball it a bit for me here? Yeah, I, I would like to think we wouldn't have a 7% uh, tax increase. Um, you know, on the park board, we've been able to keep our fees down to a 2% increase. Um, I think, um, you know, there, this is such a great city, but we need to start really working together and, uh, and calming things down. Um, I, you know, I see the new mayor doing a lot of photo ops and, but not a lot of change happening. Like it seems like we're still on the same path with the uh, bike lane down the center of the Granville Bridge. Um, no change. You know, yesterday, uh, fellow commissioner Trisha Barker was on talking about the, um, you know they're cleaning, still cleaning the bike lanes along the seawall and not touching the pedestrian paths. So I think a, a little bit more of a focus on what the city's role is, not what it could be, but what it should be. And I think that's where um, I think my eyes, being a longtime Vancouverite, would have changed the perspective. And I like to think it uh, it would have we would have seen pretty quick change. It feels same same. As you know, like nothing's really changed in terms of the urgency of need. There are words, and with due respect to Mayor Stewart, um, we hear the right things, but it just where's the where's the housing? Where's the help for the poverty stricken? Where's the where's the ability to look at that and say if you've just cleared the bike path on the seawall, why not do the pedestrian path that's right next door to it while you're here? Like it's commonsensical, isn't it? Yeah, some of them are really, I think, quick fixes. Yeah. But there are some there's some big issues where we we need help from some other levels of government. We do. But at the same time, uh, you can't just blame them for everything. You've got to take some responsibility. And I think it is a pulling together thing. Um, and I love that about uh, sort of where you come from, John. It, it It is something that I appreciate within your character is oftentimes we come back to how can we as a community enact the change that will help us all prosper. And I think that that's a big part of it. I want to get to Oppenheimer. I've got you for two segments. So let's get to Oppenheimer Park because despite this cold weather, we still have people with nowhere to go living outside in Oppenheimer Park. And Chrissy Brett is the Oppenheimer Park liaison. And she spoke with Simi Sarah on CKNW Mornings about the conditions at the park. Have a listen. It's pretty depressing. It's pretty cold. Not something that I would want any one of my friends or family members to live in. And I currently have a cousin living here in the park, so it's pretty miserable. And then when asked about uh, the need, what does she need? What do she and her fellow Oppenheimer Park residents, I guess we'd call them, need from the city of Vancouver? And Brett says there's one thing that the people at Oppenheimer need more than anything else, and that's a source of heat. I would ask for the fire department to agree to a legal way to heat a community communal warming tent, our overdose prevention site, and our programs and cultural centers. 
And I feel like, how did we get here? We need a warming tent by the tents at the park on the downtown east side. How did we get here, John? I think we got here because the park board sent a signal early on that they weren't going to follow through on the injunction. Now, unfortunately, uh, in July, when the park board really worked hard with city staff, you know, um, BC housing, they did a tremendous amount of work and they had housing for everybody. They were down to like 30 people that didn't want to leave. So they found housing about 120 people. That's great. It was really great and they worked really hard. And then the park board kind of fell back and said, we're not going to do the injunction. They sent a signal and all of then what happened is it just re- Constituted yeah. itself, right? But the so, thirty people that were there—are they activists? Are they impoverished people? Are they homeless people that don't—they won't take help no matter what? Well, it's—it's it's really hard to say. I mean, there's yeah. a, there's obviously a mix, but the the big thing that concerned me the most is we had the professional advice of the VPD, Vancouver Fire Rescue Services, the city manager's office, our park rangers, the general manager's office to say. There was un, it was an unsafe situation. There was a criminal element, and what we you know we need to recognize that that it, that somebody died there. Um, Mr. Yeah. Cristobal Esteban, you know, who by all accounts was quite involved in the community, was not staying in the park. There, there was a homicide there. Now there was information that there was a lot of criminal activity there, and it wasn't just behind the scenes. The the VPD was public about it. Mm-hmm. So I think there was a fund, fundamental mistake not to say, look, we're going to follow through an injunction. Do I think people should be staying outside? No, I don't. I don't think they should be outside anywhere in the city. Agreed. Uh, there are warming shelters that are open within a half a block, within a block. Um, I really s- hope that people will take that opportunity. I, mean, I know it's not ideal, but certainly to be in a tent outside. And I understand when Chrissy says that. I mean, I can't even imagine what the conditions would be like. So No. But, I was cold in my living room right, yesterday. I live right. in Kits. But, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to think that within five kilometers from where I was sitting, there are people living outside. Yeah. yeah. And so I What don't, do we need to do, though? If the injunction doesn't happen and we, we can't force the hand of this imbalance, I guess, that's in, or the, the people who have the veto power on, on an injunction within the park board... I guess that's where we start. What next? Is it a is it a provincial level? Because the mayor can't step in, right? Well, there are there are some things that could be done. I mean, there is a Green Cope Coalition at Park Board. There is mm-hmm. a new chair, Camille Demont. He's been really quiet about it uh, since uh, you know we said that under certain conditions we would move forward with an injunction. That was in the beginning of December. He hasn't said anything public about that since then, even in light of this terrible tragedy that happened. So I think um, you know he needs to take a, a role and step up. I, I also think that um, it's it's really important that we try and look for um, solutions that get people out of, out of the park because a park is never the appropriate place for people to be camping and sleeping in. These are parks that are meant for everybody to enjoy safely by the whole community, and that's not happening now. There's no doubt. I, what you say it rings in my mind because I'd love to go down to Spanish Banks with my tent in the middle of the summer and park and camp there for a bit. I wouldn't be able to do that for an hour after 10 p.m. where the signs say, you know, you've got to leave the parking lot within. How can we expect enforcement at other parks when this park is left to repopulate? Because, I mean, there's 30, 40, 50 now. There's going to be a back up to 200 in the summer. Yeah, and it's not just that park. You know, it is, right, it is. It is, it is. It's spreading it over is the city starting for to sure. spread because no, no. The, the signal has been sent. You're right. And um, that's always, always been my concern that, um, you know, Actions always have a reaction, and and this lack of action has had a big reaction. Well, we've often talked about Oppenheimer Park, a big 
topic, certainly, that will be an ongoing issue as long as there are people camping in a city park. But I want to kind of change it up here a little bit and cover some other things, uh, some positives. And uh, one thing that off the top that I didn't really know about, um, and now I'm kind of concerned about, because there's a moratorium on new commercial events in parks. In the commercial break, I'm like, give me an example. And you said Baccio Rosso which was one of my favorite events I've attended in years in the city. Not happening? No, it didn't get green-lighted for a second time around. And at the same time, they brought forward the Green Coalition, brought forward this moratorium on new commercial events. Concerns me because, for instance, sometimes these events come up, they're they're a great idea, a a promoter comes like Skookum, which was great. Um, Now that's going to continue because it's, it's been done a couple of times, but... Maybe we're going to miss the next Skookum, or maybe we're going to next miss the next uh, celebration of lights. Yeah. You know, there's things that come to us all the time, and I really think I tried to do an amendment to say, let's just look at them at each one at a time. I know there is some concern about commercial activities in park and uh, parks because you want to keep parks open for everybody, but at the same time, we love these events in Vancouver. Baccio Rosso was like Cirque du Soleil on a small scale in a red velvet tent at the top of Queen Elizabeth Park in the middle of like nowhere zone at the park. Uh, And it was just, it was such a fabulous cultural experience. It was like sitting as close to the stage at Cirque du Soleil as you can possibly get and experiencing that level of acrobatic or talent, whatever it might be, I was just in awe of it. It was, I mean, how could somebody in that neighborhood complain about that? Like there, it wasn't, there wasn't a huge sound check. No, and it was a, it was quite a ways away. But yeah. you know, the other thing you look at things like Bard on the Beach, which we've enjoyed for so many Love years. It. If a new Bard came, if somebody wanted to do something like that in another part of the city, right now we wouldn't even be able to look at it. That's that, just wrong. John. I think that's a big mistake. That's so, a huge mistake. Yeah. But and and it turns out oftentimes that it's just a couple squeaky wheels. Is, are we taking the the naysayers, the no fun Coover wants uh, a little too seriously? Well. When I was the chair a few years ago, one of my themes was to try and bring fun back to the city. Yeah. And, and we did a temporary zip line. It was never meant to be there, but, you know, in QA Park, 25,000 people jumped on it over the summer and had a ball. I was there. And, and then we took it down, and that was great. Yeah. So in this situation, you couldn't do something like that, you know? And, and um, I just think yeah, it's very short-sighted. Short-sighted and no fun for, like, okay, there's going to be a moratorium. So my kid's 12. He would love to do that zip line now, which he didn't want to do before because he was a scaredy cat because he was too little. But so how long does this moratorium go on? And then in a couple of years, he's like, yeah, I'm not really interested. There's going to be a generation of, of Vancouverites that aren't going to have access to the fun that is not that expensive, right in their backyard, something to be celebrated, maybe generates a little bit of fun or awareness of the parks that exist. We're all so busy sitting looking at our phones, we don't even get out to the parks anymore. <laughs> Sorry, and rant. Yes, but it is parks and recreation, and I think we need to have fun in our parks. And we so, do. Uh, we got to move on that. What's happening with the park at Smythe and Richards? Uh, well, there's going to be a shovel turning on Friday, which is, is pretty terrific. Tomorrow? Yeah. So, that, you know, that took a long time. I mean, the, that land was purchased in 1997. For a park. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so, man, wow. we've been waiting for this park. Uh, a great design. It's, it's you know, it's expensive. Be It's downtown, but it's paid for with community uh, amenity contributions. Right, CACs. CACs. So, the, so just for people a, who are win. listening that yeah. are thinking, how much? What is it, $11 million? How much is it? Uh, $14.5 14 14 million for a park downtown. 
And now while your head comes back from the explosion, CACs are the um, payments that developers make for creating the density that they get to make so that they have a place when you're building a whole bunch of boxes in the sky, you have a place for people to go outside, right? So those developers have been putting into a bank account for all intents and purposes, a city budget that now pays for that $14.5 million park. That's correct. What goes into a park that's $14.5 million, John? Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things. It's really an exciting park. It has, it. it has quite a grade differential from one side to the other. So what they did, they've come up with a really interesting solution to actually have an elevated section of the park, which you'll be able to kind of walk along and, and be a part of the park. There's going to be a large... Um, sort of creative space that will be able to sort of convert into a water feature. So it'll be, it'll be, have a number of, of functions. The other thing, there will be a small kind of restaurant coffee shop on site. So there'll be washrooms. That's another thing we hear a lot about. You know, a lot of our parks don't have washrooms. Mm-hmm. The great thing about having a facility there that's, can keep an eye on things, right? That's yeah. that's really key. And it's a central place of community. Right. It's like you pop in there, you say, morning, Ralph, morning, Sam. Yeah. You know, same latte as usual, John. Yeah, please, thanks. Same kind of thing. And they've got some really neat sort of cantilever lighting and stuff. And the other thing is it's from an environment, environmental perspective. All of the water that drains off the park site is going to be reused in the water features. Oh, cool. and, and, you know, they use it for irrigation and various things. So they've come up with some very creative ideas. I'll be very excited to see it open in a couple of years. I have two messages that just came in. One is a text to the buzz line that says, what about the 420 event? Are you getting rid of that commercial event? And the other that came in is, if commercial enterprises are going to be banned, Will the Parks Board ban 420? So it might be the same person, but definitely it's a topic. Uh, where are we at with regard to 420? It's always fun to be here. Isn't it a great time? <laughs> Thank you for your time, John. No, seriously, no. it's a tough one, right? Uh, so, yeah, the, the Park Board has been opposed to 420. Yeah. Um, however, you know, we don't, um, you know, the VPD Enforce. and the various uh, city services decide uh, what the level of response has been. And up to now, they have decided to to allow it to uh, to go forward. I think it's an interesting angle. Uh, Commissioner Barker and I were just talking about this the other day, saying, well, yeah, it's a commercial event. It's not a protest. Everybody's, it's pretty right. clear now. It's not a protest. So no, that, it's legal. That, that may be another way yeah. to say, uh, look, uh, it's it's not happening. That'll depend a lot on the board. We'll see what comes forward. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I've been pretty clear over the last number of years, my stance. Yeah. Um, I'm one of seven votes, so uh, that's how it lays out. There are a lot of people in uh, the Lower Mainland who just want it to not be held on the jewel that is Sunset Beach. Let's give a permit to the people at 420 and put it in a place, a space that everybody can agree upon. I think... <laughs> that would solve a lot of the problem, but I think the protest is we want Sunset Beach, and we'll be talking about that because, well, it's uh, it's we- it's the January sixteenth, so we <laughs> we'll continue for. Let's talk. End on a high note. We've only got a couple minutes here, but I want to talk about the new outdoor pools that we got. I'm a big swimmer. very very exciting. We're going to build an outdoor pool at Marpool next to the new community center. Great. Uh, we've approved returning a pool to Mount Pleasant. There's some plan for some other pools, Britannia. Uh, Carisdale is going to get a rebuild, looking at a new uh, Vancouver Aquatic Center sometime in the future. So that's part of the strategy. The money's not there. So the park board is really thinking ahead to really bring aquatics back in a big way. And this was something we brought forward a few years ago when the NPA was... Um, had the majority on park board to do a study on aquatics. Yeah. And uh, this is a great result. So I'm happy about what that. What about Bing? Lord Bing uh, they'd be the, the The 
being in Templeton, that's been put way off into the future. So they're they're solid and safe. Great. And, uh, that's good. I take the boys there. I get the, all the boys in the neighborhood and I drop them off at Bing on a weekend when it's pouring rain and too ugly outside for them to run around. And and the people that work there were so worried because yeah. they just love it. And it is a nice little central hub of the community that's so great. I'm looking forward to the new Vancouver Aquatic Center too because that UBC rebuild out there is spectacular. Yeah. See, I'm big into the pools. Uh, John Cooper, always a pleasure. Thank you for coming by. Thank you, Jordan.